Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you. Good afternoon, friends. It's great to be with you again on Life Notes with Sheldon, where we talk about ways to get you off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best self. Had an interesting thing happen. Well, wonderful thing happened, actually. We traveled with our family to St. George last week. One of our favorite areas is to go through Zion's Canyon. It's a place that's just great for my whole spirit and soul. And we got to spend a day there just hiking and enjoying the scenery. And it's truly a majestic place. It's an amazing place. Beautiful canyons. And because of all the moisture, the waterfalls were flowing more than usual. And we actually hiked up to one of the falls where we could see right where it was running off. And our kids had fun and everyone hiked well and enjoyed it. And everyone there was happy. And we made it out just before we got into a little one of those snow rainstorm things. Here in the Southwest United States, if you're not familiar, we have total bipolar weather when spring comes. I mean, it's been crazy, right? Within the past three days, I've had spring-like weather where I'm walking Berg Park in the sunshine, feeling warm, needing to remove my sweater. And today on the road, we hit a kind of blizzard whiteout thing for about 48 seconds until it dissipated and there was sunshine. And it's just wild. It truly is. It's hard to not be a little bit bipolar through this uh, New Mexico Southwest spring that we're in. But uh, Zion's Canyon is located in Utah near St. George, and it's just a magnificent, magnificent place. And we had such a great time there and uh, love the area. And it was great to just get away for a few days from things in life. And when we came back, we came back to a surprise. Our refrigerator had decided to quit, along with the freezer that's just underneath it. And it decided to give up the ghost of coldness. And we were met with melted frozen strawberries and smoothie fruit at the bottom of the freezer. And everything else, of course, smelled really nicely when we got home, the curdled milk and cream. And, uh, you know, I'm proud of myself because I just approached it with a kind of, well, that's the way it is. We just have to get it fixed thing. It wasn't really a catastrophic event in our lives. And We've done better about making things that way, of approaching them, you know, logically of, okay, we have a broke down refrigerator, we need to get it fixed, we're losing some of our food. Instead of going into that panic mode that sometimes we go into, or that immediate, oh, how could this happen? Or, you know, we get this emotive, emotional response to things. And whereas, you know, we should kind of approach it more philosophically, more logically of, hey, I have a broken fridge, not my life is tumbling down, although it does seem like Basically, everything else is breaking in our house, including the ice maker. I don't know why things decide to break at the same time. It's like they have some kind of Wi-Fi communication with each other. And it's like, it's time to break down. And so appliances just break down. But this is what's happening at our house. And, you know, as we were going through things, my wife is like, well, do we want to save some of these condiments? And as I thought about it, I'm like, no, very few of them do we want to save. Let's take advantage of this opportunity to finally purge our fridge of all this stuff that we've been keeping, you know, spicy brown mustard from five years ago does not need to be preserved because we're not eating it anyway. And we're definitely not going to eat it, you know, with the cap all crusty and, and melded together by, by mustard crust. And why do we keep this junk? Why do we hold on to it? You know, in the United States, we are so guilty of this and so renowned for this. Do you know that in the United States right now, we could almost fit 
every single person in the United States in the storage facilities that we have? I mean, we could fit a large part of the population of the United States in the storage units that we have. You know, our refrigerators and our closets and our cupboards and our nooks and crannies and our garages and our sheds are not enough space for us to store our junk. So we're actually paying money for facilities to store the stuff that we don't use. And it's insanity and it's kind of crazy. And as I thought about this stuffed fridge with all of this stuff that I wasn't using, I thought kind of metaphorically of, man, there's so many things that I could get rid of that I don't use and that I don't need. And instead of hoarding, instead of holding, because it kind of demonstrates a scarcity mentality when you think about it. I'm saving this because I might need it, or there might not be enough of this, or there might this. And, you know, the, the wise scripture says, take no thought for the morrow. Obviously, we have to be prepared. But why are we hoarding and holding things that we're never going to use? And Mary Kondo, you know, in her Life Changing Magic of Tidying Up book, talks about how we should go through our houses and ask ourselves one simple question. And the question is this, does this bring me joy? Does this bring me joy? And if it doesn't bring us joy, she says, get rid of it. Get it out of the house immediately. Put it somewhere where you're going to know that it can't be in your house and you need to get rid of it. And friends, I think that, you know, aside from immediate family and some things that we can't get rid of and shouldn't get rid of, we need to take this approach with our lives of, does this bring me joy? Does this bring me happiness? You know, I I thought about it today is, we're just, we're careening through this world at such a fast pace right now. And I wonder how many of us really know what we're careening towards. What are we rushing towards? You know, what are so many of us are, are trying to collect and amass as much money and investments and things that we can to one day retire and be able to use it in these golden years. Well, friends, the golden years are not guaranteed. Nothing financially is guaranteed, but nothing in your health is guaranteed. The golden years are right now. The golden time is right now. The true gold is this moment because you're alive. You are breathing. Your body is functioning. Your mind is functioning. And this is the golden year. This is the golden time. It's not down the road. Hopefully it is, but there's no guarantee. And we have to change our approach. The golden years are now, friends. And it's time to live our life. And it's time to take the things that do not bring us joy and put them outside of our house, put them outside of our mind, put them outside of our spirit, put them outside of our recurring payments and take these things that aren't going to bring us joy and that can't bring us joy and get rid of them and give them to someone who can perhaps. You know, we bought a motorhome from a friend in town and uh, it was just a heck of a deal. It was absolutely beautiful. And, um, it was, it was just a great deal and and it was immaculate inside and it was older, but a few miles on it. And, you know, we used it a few times and it was great. Our family hopped in and just zoomed off to a campground and, and it was magical. You know, we took it to look at Christmas lights and, and sometimes we just took it to town to get an ice cream, you know, cause the kids, it was like the starship enterprise for them. It was fun the few times that we use it, but here we're going on year two and a half of having it. And I realized it was sitting in the driveway and it was causing me stress and honestly, some degree of guilt because as I watched it sit there, I also watched the batteries decay and knew that it needed to be serviced, knew that things needed to be done, but I didn't want to do it. I didn't have time to do it. And we really didn't have the time to use it like we should. And so one day I'm just like, why am I letting this thing sit in my driveway and make me feel guilty? I'm getting rid of it. And praise heaven, we sold it last week. And we were able to do okay on it. We didn't lose money. 
And you know, the couple that bought it are older and they're looking forward to going and visiting her brother and they have the time and the ability to maintain it and to treat it the way it needs to be treated. So they're finding joy in this. At least they are right now. Everybody thinks they're going to have a joy. You know, I've heard the saying that a happiest day in a man's life is when he buys his first boat. And the second happiest day is when he sells his boat. Kind of that way with some of these things in life. And, and we were, you know, despite being sentimental and missing those memories, we were happy to see that go. Because that payment and that insurance and that fuel and that just sitting there is no longer here. So, friends, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to find something in your life that you can take out, that you can get rid of, that you can sell. What's causing you grief? What's causing you recurring worry? What's causing you recurring strife? And take that and find a place for it. Sometimes the place is the trash. Sometimes the place is someone else who's interested and who can use it. So find those things and take them. What things don't bring you joy? And how do you take those and get them out of your life? I challenge you this week to come up with one or two and begin that process of getting them out. You know, there's few things as rewarding as going through a closet or some drawers or their favorite stuffing place and going through and taking things out. It's just freeing. It's liberating. And it doesn't just help your space and your organized brain, but it helps your soul. There's something about getting rid of things that we don't like and making room for new. There's something spiritual about that. And, you know, I just finished a really interesting book that I would recommend for anybody living today in this world. And the book is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And through it, I just realized that in our society today, we are in such a hurry and we don't even know what we're hurrying for. And in it, he brought up a really interesting fact. What he said was that he talked about the Sabbath, the principle of the Sabbath and how um, the Sabbath was made for man and man was not made for the Sabbath and in a religious context. And, you know, one of the things that he said was that, um, you know, the first time that Moses said to live the law of the Sabbath, he, he said, obey it, kind of follow it. And the second time that he taught it, he used a word that was interesting to the author and interesting to me. He said, observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Observe, observe that day. And as he talked about it, he said, well, you know, if you're going to observe a holiday, what do you do? If you're going to observe Christmas or observe the 4th of July, you plan it in your schedule. And you prepare the food in advance and you have the menu and you have the guests invited and the decorations. To observe is to prepare so that you can fully enjoy. And he brought up a really interesting thing that in the United States today, you know, we're not using the Sabbath as, as rest. We're not finding a day of rest and it's affecting our, our mental and physical health. And he brought up, um, you know, where, where some of the healthiest people live is actually in Loma Linda, and it's the Seventh-day Adventists. And he brought up something really interesting that on average, he found uh, some statistics that they were living about 10 years longer on average than the average American and living healthier. And as he looked at it, they drew some correlative things. And one of them was that they are strict obeyers of a Sabbath, of finding that day of rest. They are very strict in that, in their faith. And he said, interestingly enough, if we all observed the Sabbath in our life, throughout our lifetime, it would equate to a period of 10 years. So interesting that that uh, connection there of, of observing that day of rest and increasing your life by almost the exact time of that rest. And 
how important it is to observe, whether you're religious or not, to have a day of rest. And the way he approaches it, I really like. He says he approaches it, and it goes through this filter before he does anything on his Sabbath. And he says, I ask myself, is it one, restful, or is it two, worshipful? Is it restful or worshipful? And if it falls into one of those two categories, he engages in it. And I would encourage each of you to find the time to create a day of rest. And whether you're a Sabbath observer or not, to make one on your next day off or plan a day off or orchestrate one and give yourself some rest, give yourself some time. You know, we have this notion that if we sit down and if we rest and if we avoid the rat race, we're going to get behind. And it's exactly the opposite. Sometimes by doing this and engaging in this peace and rest, it moves us ahead because we can think clearer. We can move forward with clarity. We can move forward with energy and strength. And yet we rush and we rush and we rush. And then we find reasons to rush more. So friends, find a day of rest. Do it for you. Do it for those you love. Do it for your health your mental health, your physical health, find that time and make that time and then really use it. You know, what things are we doing that cause us added stress? What kind of things are we committing to? What kind of things are we saying yes to? One of the most powerful things we need to learn how to say is no, is no to overcommitting ourselves to things because I used to be notorious to that. I would say yes to everyone thinking that I had to make everyone happy thinking that I had to somehow solve other people's problems. And what happened is I ended up making myself go just about crazy to where I couldn't solve my own problems. And this individual talks about he and his life, he and his wife have kind of purposely taken themselves out of the rat ways of life and how happy they are because of it. You know, one thing I noticed in, in St. George we drove around near to where we stayed and we saw these massive homes and they can't even be called homes. These are estates. These are, these are massive. I mean, I thought about what it would cost just to maintain one of these, just to pay the gas and light bill, not to mention to maintain the yard and grounds and everything else. And it's amazing to me that there's that kind of money out there going into homes, but they're getting bigger and bigger and more elaborate and have all of this crazy technology and things. And I just thought, man, what a massive thing to have to worry about. What a massive thing to have to furnish and clean. And the older I get, you know, I'm very different than I used to be. I think that like finding a little place down by the river and getting a nice modular home, something simple. I mean, there is just something beautiful in that. And I have some friends who live in Wyoming and they have lived in their parents' estate for years and years and years. They've had it for you know, pushing a hundred years now in the family. And the daughter down the road lives in this simple home, you know, nothing fancy, but she made a beautiful living room out of it and a huge picture window that looks out right like you're on this river. And it's, you go inside and it's just a place you want to just stay and read a book in the snow or the springtime or anytime. It's just such a peaceful, peaceful repose of a place. And it's nothing fancy. You know, it's well appointed. It's, it has nice wood. And it has nice furnishings that are comfortable. But it's not flamboyant. It's not flashy. It's not brand new. 
And yet it's such a comfortable place to be. You know, interesting, these homes that are being built are all black and white. It's like we've taken the color out of things, you know, the, the brick and rock is texture and makes homes beautiful. It's like we're doing white with black and like we live in this monochrome world despite living in such a colorful world. And I don't like it. But I don't like, you know, having to compete or having to stay up with the Joneses. I don't like that anymore. At one point in my life, I wanted to be the Joneses. I wanted to be that person with everything, with the biggest house, the nicest car, the all of these things. And the older I get, the more I realize that peace is the prize. It truly is. Peace is the prize, my friends. Peace is what we have to strive for. Peace is what we have to create. Peace is what we have to make in our lives with our God, with our friends, with our family, with our spouses. Peace is the pathway. And the moment is the gold. The moment is the greatest treasure. This very day is our golden year that we're living. It's our piece of gold. It's the end of the rainbow. It's our gold. Don't wait. Don't put off. Don't think I'm going to do this one day when. Do what you can now. I mean, if you can do some of those things, you've always wanted to take your kids on a vacation to this place. I mean, don't be irresponsible. But if you can do it now, why wait 10 years? You've always wanted to surprise your parents by, I don't know, redoing their bathroom or redoing something. Can you do it now? Why wait? Why wait? You know, I remember one of the things I did when I first started working, I graduated and started selling cars over at the old performance dealership, Sandwood Boulevard in our town, selling Buicks and GMCs, and Pontiacs. And it was an exciting job. And I started to make a little money. And my grandmother, my angel, awesome grandmother, Verda Fouts, was taking me with my angel, awesome aunt, Mary Lou. This woman was just a queen of a woman. She's passed away now, Mary. And uh, we were going to Dallas to celebrate a one of their nieces' 50th birthday. And a wonderful lady. We went to the amazing town of Granbury, Texas. If you haven't been, it's quintessential American kind of downtown area. And they have Granbury days. And it was amazing. Well, I had gone over to the old Heilig Meyer store and bought my first thing on credit. Proud to contribute to the American dream and start building my credit. Because people told me it was something I needed to do. And I actually had the cash but I financed it and it felt really cool. Made me feel grown up. And you know what I bought? I bought a brand new washing machine, a brand new washing machine because my grandmother's looked like it was from 1950 and it made a lot of noise, but man, that old Maytag worked good. It just never quit, but it had a few issues, made some sounds and I bought her a nice one and I had it delivered while we were gone. I arranged to have it delivered. And when we came back, she came in and went to use it and she couldn't believe it. She couldn't believe it. Said no one had ever done anything like that for her. She said, you shouldn't have done this, but I could see the happiness in her eyes. And man, that felt so amazing to be able to do something for the person in my life who has given me so very much, who has been there so many times, who has been so patient and so giving to so many. And friends, I'm glad I didn't wait to do that until I had my own place. Wait to do that until, I don't know, some special occasion. And I'm so glad for all those times in my life where I just did it. I just went for it. I just jumped in. I just made the call. I just took the trip. I just took the chance. I just started the business. I just asked her out. I just did that thing that I could have put off, but I didn't. And that made all the difference. The two roads that diverged in the wood 
the less traveled by is the one that people usually don't take and that they put off because they wait for their so-called golden years or their so-called golden moment of opportunity. And I'm so grateful for those times, those times when I took that chance, those times when I pushed the button, made that decision because they've made all of the difference. And I encourage you friends to do that this week. Till we talk next time, go and get some things out of your life, out of your closet, out of your house, out of your carport, things that you don't like and don't bring you joy and get them the heck out of your life. And then find some ways to live your golden years right now. What are you putting off that you want to do? Make the call, make the plan, make the reservation and start making it happen today because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. None of us are guaranteed what's going to happen the next day, the next year, the next month. None of us know what may prevent us from doing these things in the future. But in this beautiful moment, this golden moment, this golden year in which we live, we simply know that we are alive right now. We are breathing right now. We are able to walk and talk and enjoy right now. So why not live right now? Why not do right now? Why not give right now? Why not be right now? Why not forgive right now? There's few things as freeing and as peace-inducing as forgiving. You know, we think it's a gift that we give someone else, and yet it's an even more profound gift that we give to ourselves. It's that stepping stone in the pathway to peace. And friends, I hope you're heading down that way. I hope we're striving for peace because that is the gold at the end of the rainbow. And we don't have to wait till the end of the rainbow to get it. We can get it today if we get rid of some of these things that cause us pain and sorrow and worry. And if we start living in this beautiful moment of today, thanks for living with me for a few minutes here today in this moment. It's been great. And I appreciate you. I can fill you out there and I hope that you've connected. Hope you'll take some of these steps and I cannot wait to talk to you at the same time next week. Until then, be good and do great work. You have been listening to Life Notes with Sheldon. Listen every week for a brand new note on life. We hope that we have given you a way to get off the sidelines and back into the game of life as your best you.